Hey, cool cats. I'm Maggie Fedorov, and you're listening to episode five of Totally Fucking Normal, where today I'm joined by Laura Amy Patterson of Lamp Photography based out of San Jose, California. In today's episode, we talk with Laura Amy about her Artists with Mental Illness documentary series. We talk about the honor and responsibility that come with creating a safe space for voices from this marginalized group of artists, as well as what it's like to view these images for the first time and how she's funding such a huge project. And I think there's a ton of really great information here. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into my interview with Laura Amy. Laura Amy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast tonight. It's wonderful to have you. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me, Mags. Of course, of course. So um, without further ado, I'm going to kind of just jump right in here. Uh, will you tell me a little bit about your current project, the um, the Artists with Mental Illness series that you're working on? Sure. Yeah. So um, the Artists with Mental Illness series, um, I, I kind of started venturing out on this last year. Um, I, as an artist who struggles with mental illness myself, I found myself going on to social media and being incredibly, well, caveat, I still am bothered by this, but less now. But I found myself being incredibly bothered by the fact that I didn't receive like at all likes at all you know kind of this whole thing and I thought to myself okay um is this because I am mentally ill is that why as an artist I take it so personally um what why so many other people get these get these you know this validation and I don't and I started like googling uh artists with mental illness and the only thing that really came up was about basically about how crazy artists are or you know these sort of um stereotypical ideas about what mental illness is and so it was twofold what I wanted to do with this project it evolved into something bigger than even I knew it was going to but the idea was kind of delving into how do our minds work as artists with when we are someone who's also who is also mentally ill what does that look like? Um, and it sort of morphed into this whole entire thing about just how important it is for the stigma to be broken about not only mental illness, but being an artist who struggles with mental illness, what that looks like, how society views that, how we view ourselves. Um, and when I, I put, I boosted a post on Instagram, like a call to artists, I was expecting to hear back from maybe like 10 to 20 people. And I got 120 responses. Um, and I was just, I was floored, just absolutely floored. And I saw that there was a real need for this. And so the project took on even more importance and it shifted away from being my original thing about wondering why I wasn't getting likes on Instagram to this bigger and more profound series, documentary series um, about all of us who are on this journey as artists who struggle with our mental health and figuring out where we fit in all of this and getting to talk to, there's about 42 people involved. It's dwindled down a lot, um, but that's still, and they're all over the United States. So the people who are out Side of, the, of where I am in the Bay Area, I send them cameras and they send them back. And then I do the interviews over the phone um, or in person. I got to do my interview with you in person, which that's was right. wonderful. Um, yeah, Definitely one so of the that, highlights uh, of my year. 
taboo illnesses we're in the year 2022 there shouldn't be a differentiation and this isn't my differentiation this is a differentiation i've noticed Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you've ever kind of noticed that that there's sort of this separation about what's more acceptable in terms of mental illness oh absolutely yeah i i would have to agree with you there for sure i think it's such a great thing just giving those voices back to people where Mm -hmm ordinarily it's not something I mean like if you started to talk about that in a public place I think people would kind of start looking at each other like oh my god is this really happening right now like you know and there's almost this like the story of my life yeah and there's (laughs) there's almost this like fear that builds up and there's no I mean you're we're having a Mm -hmm. conversation it's a discussion there's no like there's no threat Uh, to your well-being other than the fact that you're being exposed to ideas that are different and and new for you um so i just how cool to um yeah to give that back to people so tell me a little bit more about what the project entails like um what is it that you're doing physically with the project Sure. Yeah. So that that's really fun. So the project itself, um, those I live in San Jose, California. So those who are in San Jose, I'm actually interviewing them in person and, and photographing in my studio. Um, and there's about 10 people here in the Bay Area that I'm working with. So they come down to my studio. We do our thing. We do the interview. We do the photos. And I will be... Uh, printing those photos. So I'm shooting film too. That's the other thing, right? So I actually, I'm doing the prints myself in the dark room. So when I show, when I have the exhibition in June, that'll be happening. The people who are out of town, I send them the cameras and they take the photos and then they send, mail me the camera back. I develop the film, going to be making the prints. So when the actual exhibition itself happens, I'm shooting for June, June 10th to be specific. For those who are listening that might possibly be in the area, please come to this exhibition. <laughs> um, it, the, the actual exhibition itself is like so exciting for me. And I cannot take credit for this idea because I saw it at the LACMA in Los Angeles. And so basically there's going to be, the photos are going to be a triptych. There's three photos that are that are happening. The first photo is how the person wants to be perceived, how they present themselves. The second photo is how their mental illness actually manifests physically. What does that actually look like? Like when you think of yourself in your mind's eye, what would your physical manifestation be of that? And then the third photo is of, of their art or representation of their art. Um, or an actual piece of their art, like a visual piece of their art, uh, taking a photo of that. And so there'll be a triptych on the wall and I'm making zine style books. So I'm going to be printing all the interviews with the photos and those are going to be on desks that are in front of the walls. So around the room, there'll be desks where people can actually sit down and look at the books and read the interviews. There'll also be QR codes on the wall so people can scan the QR code and read digitally if they prefer. So it's going to be an immersive experience. Um, I'd also like to add, because this is exciting too, that this is going to morph into a film, like an actual film, a documentary film. So at at some point, this will become a full-on, you know, two-hour-long documentary about the people who are involved in this project, kind of like years later, because it's going to be years. I mean, let's face it 
before I could even anywhere near come up with funding to do something like that. But, you know, interviewing those who are interested in the project uh, to kind of, you know, touch base with where we're at later on. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like no small amount of effort at all. Like this is huge. No. This project is massive. No, yeah. Yeah. No, it's big. That's, I mean, yeah. that's, that's what started this project in the first place for me was I was literally actually mm -hmm. crying because I feel, and I still feel this way that I put my blood, sweat and tears into my photography and I get jack shit a lot of the time because as a photographer too, that I had a, I had a teacher tell me this in a photography class. He said, if you're choosing to go the photography route as an artist, you're going to be facing adversity at every single corner because in the art world, it is very hard to get taken seriously as an artist, as a photographer, very hard. And because people think, oh, you're just taking a photo, like what's the big deal in that? And I, I talked, there's one lady, she's a photographer and she's involved with this too. She's chosen to be anonymous, but she, uh, she's also a photographer and we were talking about this and she agreed. She's like, it is unbelievable how we have to try to convince people that we make photos. We don't take photos. And I know you get, you get this too. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. round of applause. Yep. Um, and in the day, in the era of smartphones, I, I feel like I can't compete a lot of the time because there's filters of things that I do in camera with a film camera. You know, there's filters on a phone that can do that for you now, mm -hmm. you know, and I get it. It's cool. You know, it's cool. But I have times where I feel like I, and it is partly to do with my mental illness where I feel like I'm physically in pain because I feel rejected. Yeah. And it's been, it's been something I've had to really, you know, look at and work on. And like, as far as I can tell, I feel like I'm still one of the only people that takes this as hard as I do, but you know, there's, there's, there's some people out there. I feel like that are have it. I don't know, but you know, it's a whole, it's a whole other thing. I could write a book just dedicated to that. So I'll get off my <laughs> soapbox about my rejection on Instagram and, hey, and, and yeah. my rejection of being a photographer and, and, but yeah, actually that this was a way of me redeeming my voice also, because it's like, I am. I am photographing these people and they are being the, the themselves, you know, you guys are being yourselves, but then also I'm able to reclaim my own standing as an artist, because this is also my vision and I'm getting to put that out there. And I basically don't give a fuck if people like it or not, if they're not going to understand it, that's on them. If they don't want to, yeah, thank you. Finally, finally, I, I'm <laughs> finally getting there. You know, it's like, you know, we talked about entering the bad bitch era. Like I swear yep. to God, like I, I just, I, I am so tired. I'm, I'm 37. I'm so tired of caring what people think all the time. And a lot of it's upbringing, a lot of it's shame, a lot of it's toxic crap of, of abusive stuff through my life where I've just been made to feel like terrified of like burning in hell because I think I don't know whatever there's a lot of stuff that you know there's there's all sorts of things that have gone into why this project also means a lot to me 
I want to just take a second and like let that sink in. (laughs) (laughs) I really do because like, I mean, that's, it's so powerful. Those thoughts, those feelings, like I felt all of that before myself. And it's not something that I talk about publicly a lot, but it's something that I struggle with every single day. Rejection sensitive dysphoria every fucking day of my life. Every day. Yeah. There's never a day that passes that I don't sit and for at least a couple of minutes think like, what the fuck am I doing? Is this a losing battle? Like, am I cut out for this? Can I handle this? Like, you know, every day. And the fact that I don't talk about it publicly doesn't mean it's not happening. I'm just doing it alone. (laughs) Well, and that's something about this series too, Mm -hmm. right? Is this series, I I am that person. I am the spokesperson for all the quote unquote wackadoo shit. (laughs) (laughs) I am that person. I feel very strongly that this has been a purpose that I'm supposed to serve. Yeah. Um, um, I have known since I was a little kid that I was going to do something like whatever that something was. And when this project really took off, I was like, this is the thing. If I can give even just five people a voice to be able to say the shit that just sits in their gut and fills their head all the time where they feel alone and terrified and I'm the only one that's like this, or I can't talk about this, or I feel this all the time, but I don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. If this project allows even just, you know, the people who are involved to be able to do that, then I've like lived my life purpose. And then on top of that, if this project brings hope to people who are participating in viewing it and who are reading it and who are a part of it, then then again then my life purpose has been served because i do not care about anything else but helping people to be able to not feel alone because it is the most awful isolating feeling to feel like you're by yourself in this and i don't want anyone to feel that yeah well and like i think for me at least my experience with like my my woes and sorrows through uh yeah my journey with mental illness is like the things that really do get to me are the things that make me feel alone you know and it's my days that I'm at my lowest it's because I feel alone it's because I feel so far like I like I feel like I lack the connection to not only like people and the people you know like in my inner circle and what have you but like also just society like I feel like some days I'm just so far out on the fringes of society like there's no place for me and that's what really gets to me and so like having that all the time (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of just like baseline right (laughs) yeah I, I basically, uh, I also, I, cause I have a disassociative disorder as I've shared that with you before. I basically experience depersonalization and derealization on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I, I act, like legitimately feel like I'm in a video game and everyone's robots like regularly. I feel alien when I look in the mirror, like I'm not even wearing my own skin. And then on top of that, there's that thing where I'm yeah, I'm too much of a weirdo to even fit in society. So there's like a lot of times where I'm just like, okay, this isn't even real. 
Like, yeah, just none of this is real. None of I'm this just makes playing the Sims. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. What am, yeah, exactly. What am I doing? What what purpose do I serve? Why? Just why? Yeah. <laughs> and then even in the why, it's like why why why? Yeah. <laughs> Not to get all like an existential about it, but it's true. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, I feel like this is actually a really good point. Um, and you're all like, oh, I'm getting kind of off topic. No, this is perfect. Like this segues really nicely into my next question for you, which is, can you tell me a little bit more about your background as an artist and what having art in your life means to you, um, especially as it pertains to this series and your mental illness? That's one of the exact questions I asked you. Did you realize that? I literally just wrote these questions out earlier today. That I was like, so hmm, what's a good funny? <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's one of the questions on my questions. It's been a month, like um, six months. Yeah, I don't months. remember. No, but I, I feel like it just makes it, it, it fits that we would yeah. both ask that question. Of course. Why wouldn't we? Artists, we struggle with mental illness. <laughs> yeah. It's like, duh. That gives me a lump in my throat. Not in a bad way. In a good way. Oh, <clears throat> So from from a very young age, because I'm I'm also a writer. So from a very young age, I did not know how to cope with the madness, like actual madness, like certifiable madness <laughs> that was going on in my home um, with parents who had personality disorders. Uh, they they've never been diagnosed, but I figured that out. Um, I didn't understand how to function. Um, and so I used to write songs, I would hum and come up with the music, and then I would write the lyrics. Um, I didn't understand what I was doing, but that's what I was doing. Um, and in a way to comfort myself. And I've since learned, you know, I'm a verbal processor. So the way that my mind works is, is uh, I have to kind of get it out to be able and, you know, talking to myself in a way that was also comforting is like the song thing, right? Uh-huh. So that that kind of paired with the fact that I noticed from a young age, I, I did what I basically understand now is taking snapshots. So I would like in my head, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like I would like take, a, I would tell myself, I'd be like, I'm going to capture this and remember it. And I would like, and I still have those in my head. It's really, really fascinating. So there's always been this documentary oriented self within me since I can remember and a love of visuals and a love of words. I was a very fantastical kid. My entire childhood was involved with creating an entirely like fantastical fantasy world that was nothing to do with this world. And I spent most of my time that I could in that world. Uh, Some would say it was an escape from trauma. I would agree with that, but I also think that that's just my mind. That's the artistic mind that I have. So that's kind of the backstory about where all of that artisticness kind of came from. And it took a long time for me to be okay with being an artist. I was very much made to feel that I wasn't artistic and I was scared of being uh, judged my level of artisticness. 
the people that I hung out with weren't like the art kids in school. I hung out with like punk rockers and stoners and skateboarders and none of them were really artists necessarily or they were like an artist like I was and they were ashamed or afraid because we weren't I don't know it's like the fine art bullshit I didn't fit into like some mold of what that was I didn't fit in with the theater kids I didn't fit in with the poetry kids I didn't fit in with the with the art kit whatever right I didn't fit in with those people and so I therefore didn't think that I had this this thing that I had Mm -hmm. so it took a long time for me to almost until my 20s, actually, for me to really be like, hey, I actually am an artist. And I started painting and I did all this stuff. And it was a way for me to process what I had going on in my head. And that has been, you know, I'm 37 now. And I stopped for a long time, though. And that was something that I thought about in this series, too is one of the questions I ask is, have you ever tried to be normal, quote unquote, right? Have Mm -hmm. you ever tried to take this other path? And I have tried to do that numerous times. I've tried to be something that I'm not, and even including not being this artistic self and whatever comes along with that. And in terms of this series, I feel very strongly that this has been yet another reminder to me about the type of artist that I am. And touching back on that photography thing, there I don't fit into the fine art photography world either because I don't fit into like the the street photographer world because I do too much like fine art stuff. And then I don't fit into the fine art world because I do a lot of street photography documentary stuff. And I'm just like, fuck, man, I'm just trying to do my own thing. I thought that's what we were supposed to be doing as artists. Anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> this series is finally a way for me to be the documentary oriented self that I am with my cinematic flair in a fine art way. It's like, finally, I can apply these things that make me the photographer that I am be able to do that. So for me, it's kind of this culmination of my entire life being confused all the time about what the fuck I was doing with my art and also allowing myself to be the mentally ill person that I am without being ashamed of it and being able to own that for what it is. I'm going to be giving a certain percentage to a suicide crisis nonprofit. And then in terms of selling the books, it's it's a it's a lot of money (laughs) doing all this stuff like sending the cameras and getting them back and like all this stuff and I really want it to be accessible to everyone so I'm trying to do whatever I can to make that work so the books will be available I will have them for sale but then also there will be digital copies on the website and I'll just I'm just gonna ask it'll be donation based sorry I'm talking this is my verbal process no this is great of me figuring <laughs> things out talking. um I think what I would do is just make it be donation based and people can pay what they can um so it will be available there'll be like a live viewing of the actual exhibition and then there'll be a the 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 interviews available for people to read so I want people to be able to participate this and experience it as much as they can. For sure. Uh, the the live stream thing is going to be so cool. I love that. Especially because you have so many people participating from like all over the country. Yes. It's going to be I rad. Know. Some people, 
I yeah I mean I would love it if everyone could come but that's just that's not possible for you know a lot of people I'm sure you know it's like no I mean some people live literally across the country mm-hmm. there are people in Florida in Massachusetts in New York in Georgia and Montana in Washington I mean it's like yeah yeah it's great <laughs> so this is probably a really good time to ask you then um being that this is such a massive undertaking, like, can we talk for a second, like a little bit longer um, about the financial side of things? Like, how how are you going about making this all happen? Oh, the cost of, of um, the books. The I books. forgot about mm-hmm. the books, printing the books. So even though we'll be doing small press, it's still going to cost a lot. So it's a it's a huge, huge, huge undertaking huge massive and i do have a gofundme and uh i am trying to raise three thousand dollars and i have raised 360 which is wonderful and i'm super appreciative of all the people who have donated i am not kidding when i say this i even am just so grateful seriously for people just to share the gofundme even if people don't donate just sharing the gofundme and also following the Instagram artists with mental illness page, even just getting the word out there that this project is alive. Not enough people know about it. There is no one else doing this. There's no one else doing this. I've never heard of a project like this. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I also have never seen anything like it. And I think that that's part of probably why you had such a huge response. You know, nobody, nobody else is touching it. And no, no. yeah, it, it's so necessary. So necessary. So donate to the project and help me make <laughs> this dream come true slash share the page and share the GoFundMe. I do work and I do, uh, I am using my own money towards the series too. But I also want to mention that due to my own mental health struggles, I am not able to work a full-time job. Uh, So this was one of those things, too, where I went back and forth about whether it was okay for me to even do a GoFundMe, because Mm -hmm. people, people, some people are like, make a GoFundMe so they can buy a car, not because they need a car, but because they want to buy like a brand new Mustang. And they're like, hey, give me your money. And so I was like, oh, am I like that? And then there's people who are like, my family died. I don't have money to have a funeral. And I'm like, okay, like, I felt like I didn't know where I fit mm-hmm. in that sort of a process. And I finally realized that it's like, it was okay for me to start this, but I also wanted to make sure that people understand I am still contributing to the project. Right. You know, I, I felt, I feel the need to just make sure to say that, that this isn't, this isn't something that I'm relying solely on other people, but it's also something that I had no idea that it was going to get this fake mm-hmm. and I wasn't financially prepared for that so it's it's something that I really am hoping that I can get a little bit more traction on and I even emailed Kodak to see if they would sponsor me uh like for film and stuff like that they they that they're not gonna do that but (laughs) anyway so now that gosh you just keep like setting me up for perfect transitions to new (laughs) questions so now that we're talking about the film Um, Another question that I had for you, and this is kind of one I'm really excited to hear about because I actually don't know the answer yet. Uh, Some of the other questions I like, I kind of already had an idea. um, 
So I'm really curious about the images, like the specific images, like the triptychs that you were talking about that you're compiling so far. So for your traveling cameras, artists are taking their own photos and then you see the representations of what their illness feels like to them for the first time, only once these have been developed. So I'm really curious, what has that experience been like for you emotionally to see people taking their own photos and their representations of their mental illness. That's a really good, that's good, girl. That is good. That's a good one. I haven't (laughs) thought about that. Um, Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now that you mentioned that, I've just been so in it that that, that is, oh my God. Woo. Yeah. Take a second if you need, that's totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. I feel so moved right now because I am you know when you're in a project and you're close to it you forget like you don't quite you know what I mean like oh yeah and when you mentioned that I had one image in particular that popped out in my head um a friend of mine we've become friends just through Instagram he lives in Long Island and when he sent his camera back I was like, like the, the photo that stands out to me, I'm not going to ruin it and and tell it now. You gotta, gotta stay tuned. Mm -hmm. But the photo that stands out to me was the photo of him actually, as he wants to present himself Mm -hmm. because I wasn't expecting that. Okay. And that was, that was an interesting one that it was completely like I had been thinking of him in a certain way Mm -hmm. in my mind, how I anticipated him looking And then he showed me something completely different. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side of that, you know, the photos where someone is, is presenting their, their mental illness as what it physically manifests. That is a deeply personal thing. And I, and I feel like it's really special to be able to be on the receiving end of that because yeah, they are doing it themselves. I give Mm -hmm. them the direction, but they're taking the photo themselves and yeah once once I develop it and then I mean it's magic film is magic film's literally magic because it's physically capturing the energy that's happening I mean that's mm-hmm. just nuts yeah no it's it's a really profound experience I, I getting to be a oh and I've oh sorry I need to backtrack real quick we forgot about the part about me scanning the film that's oh. also hours upon hours upon hours yeah. of work sorry just need to throw that in there um <laughs> left out that crucial part Um, and yeah so when I develop the film and then scan it onto my computer and I see those photos of the people and I'm like you said I'm like whoa you know this is so this is such a beautiful thing for people to be sharing this with me and therefore the rest of the world when we put that up there I Mm -hmm. mean oh yeah oh it's it's magic it's magic that's the feeling of the anticipation like it is, it is very scary, actually. Mm-hmm. Like there's a level of, of, of like fear for me also within this project of the responsibility that I hold for making sure to represent people correctly and yeah. making sure to help guide people. So there's, there's kind of a part that I know what I'm going to get from the photos, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm directing them. Yeah. But on the other side, there is that 
collaboration. So there's the creative license, especially the people who are taking it themselves. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a complete other, there's an other to that. Mm -hmm. When I'm doing it, I'm 100% in control. When it's someone else doing it, it's like I'm handing off the baton to someone else. And there's also that anticipation in myself of how is this going to turn out? Is it going to be what I want it to be or hope that it'll be or, you know, along those lines. And then there's always that feeling of, wow, this is, this is huge. And for me, I'm, I have such a huge issue with self-sabotage too, Mm -hmm. that I feel so fearful of what this will actually do, Mm -hmm. which is wild because it's going to accomplish so much. But that feeling that I get, like listening to you talk, I, I felt this really profound energy of the just the responsibility and the energy that has gone into everybody who's involved in this mm-hmm. and how like it's just the surge of like uh, whatever. <laughs> energy is a really good word for yeah and I'm I'm also kind of almost like I want to throw out the word like transcendental almost yes yeah oh yeah it's the same it's the same feeling I used to get when I smoked weed and I'd have these out-of-body experiences that's what I that's what I feel right now uh it's a it's a very strange sensation for me and that's actually another thing in terms of my mental health as you know I've shared this with you I've had to take breaks periodically through this project Mm -hmm. because I am am such an empath when I'm listening to people's stories and their truths I'm absorbing all of this oh yeah and I'm honored for people to share this stuff with me but we all have a butt ton of trauma. Let's just mm-hmm. be real. Everybody <laughs> who's got mental health issues has a butt ton of trauma. I don't care what any scientist says, whether we're quote unquote born like this or not. Most people, okay, I won't say 100%. Most people, I will say all of the people I'm doing my series, but most people mm-hmm. with mental health issues have experienced some sort of trauma. Mm-hmm. We didn't just wake up one day and decide to be like <laughs> And, you know, it is transcendental. There are times when I feel so profoundly freaked out by this mm-hmm. also. It's a multifaceted series for me. Mm-hmm. And the the layers of, of energy and the layers of responsibility. I feel like it's such a miraculous yeah. thing to be able to witness these expressions and to, like, to be witness to what these people experience in their lives and stuff. So there is a level of responsibility I have for myself as well as for the others that are part of the series. So that's been a really interesting journey for me also within this series is navigating how much of a responsibility I hold for holding the space with everyone. Mm-hmm. And as I've gone on, I've done enough interviews now where it's gotten easier for me to, to carry that with me. But I will never forget the stories people have shared with me you yeah. know it's been such a profound experience i i really really appreciate how much everyone's trusted me to share what they've shared i mean i can't tell you how many people have said i've never told anyone that before and i'm talking to you about it yeah. and there's that was the other thing too is there's so much stuff 
that that people asked not to be shared and I will honor that Mm -hmm. but I feel so special that people felt safe enough to talk to me about things even within the context of having not even told people that they're really close to because it's something that was so intrinsic to the artist with mental illness thing yeah talking to someone else who also is an artist who also has mental illness is going to understand you in a way that sometimes people you've known your entire life aren't going to be able to understand mm-hmm. yeah I, should I get that I've had very similar experiences for sure yeah well and like even when I did my interview with you um like out at tweeds and um yeah so we did the interview first over lunch and then um afterwards we shot the um like the final images like what my mental illness feels like to me how it manifests physically and I like I cannot tell you enough how much I appreciated the care that you put into shooting that with me because I mean I went into Uh, it like oh yeah you know like I've done my therapy I've done my healing I've you know I'm okay with this this is going to be fine I already know what I want to do I put a lot of thought into how I wanted these images to look and like physically how I was going to express this and I thought oh this is going to be a fucking breeze but I loved that even like you you kind of like almost kept pushing like I want this to be somewhere that you're comfortable like do you want to go like we can do this at your truck and then afterwards like we're we're already at your truck you can break down there if you need to like whatever you put the thought into it for me because I didn't think I was going to have to and then after we shot those images like it was way more emotionally draining on me than I expected I had no idea I was going to react in that way and I was, I think, one of your first yeah. um, sessions, like that you had even done this. One. You were my uh, first session. Actually. No kidding. The first, oh, my God. Uh, is that true? Um, Maggie, I don't know. I don't time, know. It was definitely. <laughs> you were one of the first for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, time is a construct. It doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So like, I just, I felt like you had like seen the future. And yeah. this, this series is this sort of battle that I am going in where I have regular times where I'm like, no one gives a shit. That's my thing again, right? No one gives a shit, cares. I'm going at this alone. I, I suck at it. Oh, people don't want to participate anymore. Like I'm, I'm ruining it because I have my own mental health struggles. I'm taking forever to send the cameras out. I da 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 da. Right. Mm-hmm. On and on and on. I should just give up. This doesn't matter. People don't care because I've had a few people drop out also recently. And that was really hard for me and I felt rejected. But then on the flip side, I'm like, no, this is going to happen. I already see the exhibition. Mm -hmm. I already like 100% it's in my head. So when you say that I had this vision, I did, you know, and I knew, I knew kind of like, and that's that thing about the empathy with myself uh, is I kind of have this psychic ability where when I meet people, I almost know what they're kind of going to do. And so it's interesting that you say that because there was some part of me that was like, this is what's going to happen. Like some intuitive nature that I kind of like vibed out. And then it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. Like, I just felt, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Sort of yeah. happened. Well, and that was so impressive to me because it felt like, it felt like you really fucking listened. Like you listened so well that you could yeah. just 
you could just tell what lived in my soul already, even before I knew better. Yeah. Um, well, and also that is actually how I approach all of my photography sessions. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, everything from weddings to band photography, I approach it from that perspective. My entire job, both as an artist and as a photographer for professional purposes, because I do both, is literally to tap into who people are mm-hmm. and creating what I'm going to, to show to, to show from that, from that feeling. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not doing that, how am I ever going to visually portray people for who they truly are? That's such a good point. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's a living, breathing thing. Mm -hmm. I don't take photos. I make photos. (laughs) And what better proof that like photography is a fucking art form and not just something you do passively. Hello. I am, of course, like, I know what it feels like, but seeing what it looks like to feel that way, yeah. it was like viewing myself through an objective lens rather than like all the emotions Internally. tied into it. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. for the first time I was able to see myself as I would see somebody else in that state of crisis or like, need. Yes. and yes. I've That's never exactly what I want. I've never had that kind of compassion for myself before because I've always just felt fucking broken. And it was, it was beautiful. It was a moment of like, just finally being able to like nurture that part of myself. And I wouldn't have had that experience otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a beautiful thing. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, that's, 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 yeah, I'm so, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Because that we do need to have compassion for ourselves. I I think that people who struggle with uh, mental illness, you know, and and I know you are on the same page about this as well, about as well as me about also being neurodivergent, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, I feel like when you're a neurodivergent and you have mental illness, it's just like a whole shit show of I'm weird. I'm not like anybody else. Oh my God, I don't process things or talk the way I'm supposed to or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you just are so hard on yourself all the time of like, Mm -hmm. oh, I, I am overthinking literally every single aspect of every single aspect of my life. Constantly. (laughs) It never ends. (laughs) It never ends. Oh my God. Like before, during, and after Mm -hmm. everything. So I feel like the compassion, you know, and even, you know, I do want to add this too, because I also, I want this to be accessible even to people who don't have mental illness. I feel like even people who don't struggle with mental illness or who aren't neurodivergent are also, I I want, because I, sorry, sub- sub caveat on the caveat is that I also uh, forgot to mention earlier that there is a lot of people who are also participating that are neurodivergent as well. That's mm-hmm. actually a pretty common theme that I wasn't expecting. Why does that not um, surprise me? <laughs> I, my hope is, yeah, no, me either. <laughs> my hope is that, you know, this also helps people who are not mentally ill mm-hmm. to be able to have more compassion for people who are mentally ill as well as more compassion for themselves too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I think, and especially because of the nature of this series, like I think people who experience mental illness and what have you, like they're obviously going to have a tender spot in their heart for this, but I almost feel like, like you're right. Like even bigger than that, it really does need to be viewed by people who don't have 
mental illness in their life. Like, you know, even if it's not themselves, like don't have family members or friends that are touched by mental illness or whatever, what have you, you know, because that's especially where we need to be having these conversations, you know, and to break the stigma is in these places where they're not typical. Especially for people who, I cut you off. I'm sorry, Maggie. I was done. Finish what you were saying. That's it. No, no, no. But I didn't hear the last part of what you said. Oh, just like, that's where these conversations really need to be happening to break that stigma where it it's where these conversations aren't part of like the norm or they're not like gotcha yeah no I understand what you're saying I understand what you're saying I was just going to piggyback off of that and saying I actually also think that it needs to be people who also have mentally ill people in their close circle Mm -hmm. you know helping helping them to to also because I think that just such a Oh my gosh. I don't know how else to say this, but it's like annoyance. You know, people are like annoyed. They're like frustrated. They're, they don't understand. They're like, why are you like this? What are you Mm -hmm. doing? Why can't you do this? Or why don't you do that? Or, you know, and, and I'm guilty of this too, being in relationships with people who are not actively working on their mental health. Mm -hmm. It can be frustrating, you know, cause there's sort of like parts in this, right? Mm-hmm. there's there's people who who choose to sort of live with it and maybe not necessarily tackle it head on mm-hmm. and that's their prerogative that's their decision and then there's people who choose to take it head on and choose to to work on it in in whichever way they work on it and it can be hard for family members mm-hmm. friends whatever coworkers to be around either one of those people oh, the people sure. who are working on it are talking about it all the time uh-huh. <laughs> and then the people who aren't necessarily working on it aren't talking about it all the time but are acting a certain kind of way oh yeah <laughs> so it's like it's like all over the map people around them are like why is this happening mm-hmm. yeah no that's such <laughs> and a good my observation hope with this too, yeah yeah my hope with this too is the exact thing you said you couldn't have said it better that you were able to objectively view yourself with compassion Mm-hmm. there there is a person there yeah you are not just your mental illness mm-hmm. and you are not all these other things that we tell ourselves we are sometimes you know like I have these times where I just I'm so filled with toxic shame that I can't even barely function and yeah. I just think I am just the worst most shittiest piece of shit ever and then, yeah, I, I can remove myself from that sometimes and be able to be like, oh, hey, and I'm a part of this series too. I haven't done my self-portraits yet, but I will be also doing this. So it's going to be interesting how I feel once I develop my photos and kind of get that sort of, you know, talk about a meta situation. It's like, yeah, you know, have your own experience yeah. with that for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to see your photos. I'm dying to know what you have in mind for those. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I, I, I actually know what I'm going to do. I'm, I, I like, I know. And, you know, I I told you, I wanted people to save the ones that are what their physical, their mental illness physically manifests as for the show. I, I wanted to kind of save those because I feel like those are especially profound. And so when people are coming into the exhibition, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, like this is just, you know, this is a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, 
And I think also people who are going to part of the series who view other people's who are in the series, that's going to be kind of cool too for, for you guys all to kind of see what everyone else's sort of, sort of like you know, energy and, and, and what they created with what they had too. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the vibe I'm ending on tonight is like, yeah. Yep. Like wonder yeah, and just imagination. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's it's uh yeah, I I really think the imagination and the wonder and the getting back in touch with the feeling of loving yourself and having compassion for yourself and having compassion for others is just the, the that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Big theme, yeah, big overarching the theme. <laughs> and just like connection. Yeah. And not just connection to other people and like this society that makes us feel like we're not enough, but also connection to yourself, like finding it again after you, after losing it through trauma or, you know, just like the, the blanket of mental illness. I I think it's really easy to lose yourself in that. And so this is kind of just another way to get that, like reclaim that for yourself, like find your way back to who you really are underneath it all yeah yeah how fucking back to those roots exactly it is pretty fucking cool (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is a really really great moment to pause and reflect on a couple of takeaways i want to leave you with for today it is totally fucking normal to feel like there is not a ready-made sphere of the art world that you fit neatly into as a complex individual and creative I feel that way a lot. A lot of the artistic world or the path of the artist is not just finding a sphere that you fit into fully and completely, but kind of building one for yourself from scratch. It's totally fucking normal to feel that social media does not recognize the full value of your art. And here's a pro tip from me. It doesn't. The algorithm has really shitty taste in art. So the sooner that you can recognize and remember and remind yourself regularly that the algorithm is not ever going to judge you fairly, the happier you're going to be. It's totally fucking normal to have a hard time having compassion for yourself in the same way that you would be compassionate towards others as well. In just a second, I'll have Laura Amy tell you where you can find her on social media. But before that, I want to ask a favor of you. If you are listening on Spotify, scroll down and select from the list which one of these totally fucking normal takeaways resonates with you the most. Um, Before we go, I want to just have you tell me where we can find you on social media or like not even on just on social media anywhere. Where can we find you on on the Internet? Yeah, yeah. No, I I will gladly give the the socials and all that stuff. So I have two social media accounts. There's the actual Artists with Mental Illness series, A-W-M-I underscore series. So Artists with Mental Illness underscore series. And that's Instagram. And then also, so my, my, uh, the name that I operate under for my photography stuff is Lamp Photography Studio. Uh, Little known fact, actually, that's my name, Laura Amy Maurice Patterson. That's how I came up with the lamp photography thing. So it's Lamp Photography Studio SJ, and that's the Instagram one. Um, and then also, the, I have a website, lampphotographystudio.online. 
So those are the places where you can find me and my stuff. And um, I just started a blog on my website. So I'll be updating stuff about, about things on there. Um, I have a YouTube channel that I was trying to keep up with, but there's so many things that I'm just, I'm like, it's, I can't, <laughs> I like at some point I'll do that, but yeah, so that's, that's where I am and that's where you can follow updates and, and see what's happening. And, um, yeah. Oh, and the GoFundMe link. Yeah. I, as far I, as I, I recall, know. they're not like super easy, like, oh, find it at this URL. And like, there's like yeah, letters no, and I numbers and shit. Say, so like, I don't even, <laughs> yeah. I'll link yeah, it in the show I notes. I think I can even remember. Yeah. yeah so That's GoFundMe perfect. is down in the perfect. show notes. Um, awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so well, much for nice joining me. to hang out with you. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. It was awesome. It's so many good ideas thrown back and forth. And I've got a lot to simmer on for the rest of the evening. I'm stoked about it. Yeah, good. I'm glad. And thank you for, of course. for asking me to be on here. Yeah, no, I'm really stoked to have you and be able to share space with you and talk about something that we both like yes. really have a passion Me for. Too. So I know. Super cool. And I seriously wished we lived closer, Maggie. I would like I just really wish we did. But this this will have to do. This will yeah. have to do. <laughs> we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening and thank you for having me on the show. Between now and next episode, you can find the podcast on Instagram at Totally Effing Normal Pod. You can find me on Instagram at Mad Mags. You can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash antagony imagery. You can find me on the web at antagonyimagery.com. And if you feel so inclined, you can leave me a voice message at anchor.fm slash totally effing normal. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Let me know if you have any questions. Uh, let me know if you've got something you want to hear about in a future episode. I'd love to hear it. You can find all of these links in the show notes uh, where you can just tap through super easy. So if you're like me, you don't have to worry about like, God, how do you spell that fucking thing? Don't worry about it. Head down to the show notes. Click through on the links. Super easy. Anyway, that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today to talk about anything, everything, and also nothing. And we'll catch you next time. Bye.